And hello, hello. Welcome back to the Gay Racing Podcast. Zach here, as always, joined by um, Alex, Alex at Newgaden. At Newgaden. I was trying to like, <laughs> should I be like, I didn't want to be like with Alex and then you just say I just nothing. Didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, don't worry, guys. Alex is here. <laughs> Even if, <laughs> um, but yeah, um, welcome back to the Gay Racing Podcast. Um, it's been Okay, I'll just be straight up. We have a cool episode for you. We do. Um, Very cool. As some of you know, on especially you Twitter people um, like us, we we found one of us. <laughs> we found <laughs> no. We so found one. If y'all don't know about Devin Rouse, um, he made a tweet like what last week, sometime last week. Time's not real. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Uh, he said he announced he was doing an arca test um which was last weekend at this point um mm-hmm. and you know that that you know arca test cool um but he also said just this little tidbit that he is going to be the first lgbtq arca driver in a sanctioned arca you know test event um mm-hmm. period wow like alex what like what was your reaction to that well i was in shock i was like in pure elation because like yeah i couldn't believe it i stopped what i was doing this came out of nowhere (laughs) that we had like a gay race car driver like in current days at cheer four um i'm so i was so excited i'm like oh my god and then then he followed me on Twitter, by the way. Just yeah. a humble brag. <laughs> but, but, um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, and we, that night, we asked him if he'd want to come on to our podcast. And he said yes. And that's what you're listening to now, is the episode with Devin Rose yeah. on our podcast. Yeah, we invited Devin um, <laughs> to talk with us a little bit. Um, and he accepted it, um, which... Yes, <laughs> like of course. Uh, like I'm just so excited. Um, but yeah. Um, without further ado, um, we already did the interview with him. <laughs> this is afterwards. <laughs> um, I, I I told Alex I don't want them to know that we're doing it afterwards. But then Alex was like, "Well, most podcasts do that." So I was like, "Okay, it's fine. I don't want to lie to the viewers anyway. I love y'all. Um, <laughs> hope y'all are doing well." So yeah. Um, without further ado. Um, here's us talking to Devin Rouse. And hello again. Welcome back to the Gay Racing Podcast. Zach and Alex are here and we are joined by Devin Rouse. Um, for those that don't know Devin, um, I get, or I guess Devin, if you just want to like introduce yourself to people that don't know you or even people that do know you, like what's, I guess more, you know, (laughs) Hey guys, my name is uh, Devin Rouse. I am 22 years old and I am from Burlington, Iowa. This past weekend, I uh, went and competed in the annual Daytona Architest and was actually announced as the only and first openly gay uh, male race car driver in that sanctioned event. So there was history made this weekend at Daytona, which is pretty cool for it being my first (laughs) time ever uh, (laughs) To run something like but that, that with your chest. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, and speaking of Daytona, um, Alex has like a question about that. 
Okay. Yeah. How how was driving around Daytona like in the first place? Like I I can't imagine. Yeah. Like on it's video games, it's easy, but like I feel like <laughs> like I don't know how fast you've gone in a car before, but like it it was wild. So I I walked in. Well, first we landed Thursday night, and it was like ten o'clock when we landed at night, and you know I could kind of see a because the backstretch and the runway, the airport are parallel with each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So when we landed, I could kind of see the outline of the stands and I could see the scoring tower, but that was about it. Like I could tell that there was stands there, but it was so dark. So I'm like, yeah. well, that's, that's the racetrack right there. And then pulling in the next morning and coming through the tunnel, it was like, whoa, like I'm actually here. Yeah. And then <laughs> you come out the tunnel and you kind of come up this little hill and there is the center of one and two immediately to your right. And it's like, whoa, that, and then it kind of hit. So -hmm. then, you know, I got parked and grabbed my gear bag and I started walking in and I got into the garage, which the garage scene is nothing new for me, you know, traveling those last few races Mm -hmm. in 2019, I was really used to kind of being in the garage, being in the pits. So that wasn't overwhelming at all. Everyone running around, that was kind of normal. It felt like, but what wasn't normal was after I got my bag and stuff up into the hauler uh, I had a little time before the driver's meeting and I went and you know spoke with my crew chief and my spotter and car owner and uh it was more it hit more because this time I was talking to them in front of my car like yeah yeah, wasn't just sitting there talking to random people oh yeah you know I hope to race one day and like no like I'm climbing in and like an hour And so then uh, we had our driver's meeting at nine o'clock and that was done all over the phone. So then I had a little bit of time from the driver's meeting to climbing in. And I do this even in sprint car racing. I've always done this, especially after the driver's meeting is I just go and I kind of like collect my thoughts, kind of get in that mindset, get focused. And it was really weird. I did this on pit road and I just kind of walked out there and just kind of like looked and took everything in and that was when it had hit i was like wow you are going to be on this racetrack in a few minutes and so that's so cool i climbed in and then once you blended in off the back stretch going into three and four i'm like holy cow like (laughs) i'm here like i'm doing this and so you know it takes laps to get all your momentum built up and after I got that second lap built up, coming into three and four, I really got a feel for all the G's that grabbed me. And I'm like, whoa. And <laughs> I was hooked. Yeah, because I just awesome. immediately thought about what it felt like on your physical body. Like, that's I think that's what a lot of people forget about race car driving. Like, it takes a toll on your body. And especially, like, very casual people that don't think NASCAR is a sport. It's basically like riding a roller coaster for like oh yeah absolutely yeah absolutely i was in the car off and on for four hours you know first practice session started at 10 o'clock and i climbed out of the car for my last session and i think i walked up in the hall and looked at my phone it was like 205 so off and on for four hours i had tested and it was you know it's gas 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 track i mean it's it's a hammered down racetrack so my foot was completely throttled down the whole time well at one point in one and two you know once you're in the draft you know you'll 
based off of how close you're getting with the car, you know, you can let off a little bit. The draft will keep you in there to where you're not losing a whole bunch of momentum, but you're not getting too close because in ARCA, you're not allowed to lock bumpers. Yeah. Right. Right. So, you know, once I got into that draft, it was kind of like, whoa. But I went to reach my left foot because it just stayed flat on the floor because I knew I was going to use the brake unless I was coming off to pit road. Mm-hmm. And so at one point in the middle of tor- like middle of corner one and two, I tried to lift it off the floor and I couldn't like it was oh stuck down to the, the throttle floor. was stuck. <gasps> no, no, no. My foot like, Oh, your foot. Okay. Oh my feet, God. You had me scared for there a minute. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's yeah. No, I tried to lift my foot off and I could, like I could do it, but that was tough. It was tough. Wow. So, you know, like that, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like a carnival ride mm-hmm. and you lay up against the wall yeah and like, yeah move. that is exactly how you feel oh like God. you can't move that is exactly the feeling that's so interesting because you're you're the wow. first like race car driver we've had on the podcast period like we always yeah. one day imagine like getting you know the first gay race car driver <laughs> in nascar on the podcast we didn't think it would happen this <laughs> if i'm honest it's so cool um but I, i've like i've like got into like a little bit of sim racing myself and i just find this stuff really interesting because um yeah. i had an opportunity to get into a race car when i was young but i chickened out because i was like 13 and i was like nah bro <laughs> nah i'm good <laughs> that's intense <laughs> but no um it was sounds like it for sure and I'd say before I got really comfortable it probably took me 15 laps or so before I was ultimately comfortable and I was like yep we're good let's like let's keep going and then it was like I got into the drafting and got into the the group work and and it wasn't ever uncomforting it was just it was new and but never for a a minute did I feel like nope I don't belong out here wow That's that's awesome it sounds like it went really well then um, it did. I, you know, completely outdid my goals that I had for myself. And I think the expectations that I had going in there, uh, you know, having ultimately no pavement experience. Yeah. I tested that truck mm-hmm. at Myrtle beach speedway, but it was so cold when we did that last January, you know, you couldn't open the truck up. There was no bite in the corner. So this was really ultimately a, a feel for pavement racing. Yeah. And I think others expectations as well as my teams, you know, we're, exceeded for per my performance wow that's so interesting um so moving on to like i i really wanted to ask you about coming out last year um Mm -hmm. me and alex are both gay of course um Mm -hmm. and we've had our own coming out stories Mm -hmm. related to the racing world were there any like major fears or anything in your mind that um, that was like keeping you from coming out or anything that even absolutely. going forward that you're scared of and like what absolutely my biggest fear you know and having to tell people and stuff was that it was going to affect or alter any future endeavors and that was one of my biggest holdbacks with it all was that I was so worried that you know a couple of years ago, I got the neat opportunity and met some people up at Knoxville Nationals. And then they offered me to come over and race for them in Australia during the winter. And now that's just a continuous thing that can happen every winter. And it was like, I was so worried about that being messed up. And then getting into NASCAR at the end of 2019, I was like, well, I've 
like I'm kind of in there, you know, like I'm, I haven't done anything, but I've got those ends to where like, if I can do this and this and this, we'll be there. And I was so worried about messing any of it up. That was one of my biggest things. And now seeing the support that I had, you know, previously to everything that happened on Twitter since I made this release and TikTok and, you know, just my local support around here was phenomenal. And then once the stuff hit on Twitter, like I think at this time last week, I had like 300 followers on Twitter and I think I've got like (laughs) 1500 now. And then that's awesome. At this point last week on TikTok, I had 10,000 followers maybe. And I'm almost to 15,000 right now. Like (laughs) it's insane. The following and the feedback and the support that I've gotten, not only that, but it's also a thing of where I want to help both associations arca and which nascar has owned everything but it's the arca menard yeah. series and then the camping world check series you know to help them as well and having the diversity within the associations to help them as an association go further as well and see that there is somebody from each different diversity mm-hmm. and that we still can all represent each other and all still come together as one that is so For awesome sure because I mean, you are a really important part of that. Um, whether you whether you signed up for it or not, um, and Alex yeah. has a question about that um, going forward. Yeah, but... it's like we've we've seen a lot of talk about diversity the past year, especially. But you know, Bubba Wallace acknowledges on his Twitter account he's always going to be known as the black driver. Like, are you prepared, or like, are you going to go in with the mindset that you're going to be known as the gay driver? Like, I don't are you have ready the... for that. I don't have the mindset of knowing that that's how I'm going to be known. Uh, You know, I've had multiple people reach out, you know, just like you guys want to do interviews on my story and this and this. And, and I don't feel that my sexuality defines, um, you know, my Mm -hmm. talent, my skills uh, or why I am in ARCA and pursuing the NASCAR career. I don't feel that that defines me. I feel that my marketable abilities, my skills and talents are the reason that I'm there. Like, if I didn't have the skills or talents, I obviously wouldn't have went and ran Daytona this weekend. They're not just going to put, you know, as like a lot of people like to say, they're not going to go and put some random gay person into a race car and think that, oh, well, we need that. We need that diversity here. So let's go. Like, mm-hmm. I obviously have a skill or talent to do it or I'm not going to be there, you know. So I feel that that shouldn't define me. However, you know, it's a, a thing that you know, I can be out there as a influencer or a role model for people who found themselves in a situation like I did, you know, once people hear my story and where I came from and that, you know, somebody at a professional level that came from ultimately nowhere, you know, I've seen YouTube videos made of me here within the last week and articles written up about me in the last week of, you know, well, where did this Devin Rouse come from? Nobody knew who I was before this tweet came out last Tuesday of me running arca nobody nobody Mm -hmm. had an idea who i was i was some local 305 sprint car driver here in little southeast iowa like that was it so to know that you know i can help others but also help the association but then also help my dream as becoming a, a professional race car driver and have all of that built in together i i couldn't ask for more yeah that's so cool yeah, we created this podcast because, I mean, 
I feel like we felt like there weren't many gay people even in the media for like racing. Um, yeah. So this kind of serves as an outlet for that and to also promote this kind of diversity you're talking about so that we can get more people like you, like us, um, mm -hmm. like Bubba Wallace, more Danica Patrick's, more women in, on the grid um, because obviously I think racing needs to do better in that aspect. But um, yeah. in terms of the last year, what NASCAR's like their message for it um it's been pretty good we're on the obviously the trend up I and mean, we, we have, have a we have yeah. drivers now <laughs> yeah like we have drivers now like <laughs> yeah well just one <laughs> there, there will be Best more <laughs> maybe and i'll hop in a race thing, car so. and that was one thing you know people were like well we have our first openly gay nascar driver and you know and that was one thing i i did do my best at was when i was tagging in a tweet like that i was like well if you would look, I'm I'm not I'm not yeah. the first actual NASCAR associated driver Stephen Rhodes was in mm -hmm. 2003 in the Truck Series, and I made sure to do my studying right. up and stuff on that because I'm not going to take credit for that. I'm not yeah. the first, and people need mm -hmm. to know that. However, I am the first in an ARCA sanction in that body sanctioning. I am the first in that, and I will gladly mm -hmm. take that title because I mean that that's history now. That is a piece of history that I can always have with me, especially knowing that it is at the top stage for racing of of all motorsports at daytona international speedway yeah and just even outside of that like for this generation of people so i mean i know people on twitter that follow nascar now they they were born in 2005 which is crazy to me and and mm -hmm. now like they have someone like you to look up to on hopefully some yep. more drivers following um speaking of racing i was just curious because i heard that you started racing when you were four and I'm just like, like, how did you get into racing that young? Because I don't even remember what I did when I was four years old. <laughs> so, so technically, the first time I ever raced, I was three years old. Oh, my God. I turned, <laughs> turned four, I turned four that July. Wow. Uh, we started, you know, a normal season starts end of March, first of April. Uh, but how I started was my dad was a drag racer. He raced okay. drag cars. Okay. And all of his buddies started to get their kids into go-kart racing. And <laughs> he's like, well, I'm going to do it, too. So that's where everything started. You know, I raced go-karts, uh, from the age of three to 13 and my last six years there, I was a six year consecutive track champion. I only lost three times within that period. And so we had the go-karting down to ultimately a science. I mean, we knew this variable and this variable was going to equal a win. And if we didn't have that, this variable, and this variable could, we had it down to a T we really did. And then I jumped into the mod lights uh, and that was like my first, you know, race car on actual big track. And I raced those from the age of 13 and 19. And then uh, my 17th birthday, I was here at home and my parents called me down to the race shop. They needed help with something. I was like, oh, okay. And I pull in and I walk into the race shop and there was like some of my closest friends and family with a turnkey sprint car sitting there. So I got a sprint car oh for my God. 17th birthday wow. and I've been racing sprint cars since. <laughs> that is That's so, so cool. cool. Yeah, my dad also was like, I guess the one that got me. Yeah, my dad was also the one that got me into racing. Um, so yeah. that's just so cool to hear. Um, but I believe Alex has a question, including your well, like, racing career. For one, for one, I just want to say, I told you this on Twitter a little bit, but I'm also from Iowa. Like the fact oh, that you're really? from Iowa means a lot to me personally. Um, I went to I went to a lot of dirt tracks growing up. I, I was on the other side of Iowa. So I probably never oh. saw you race but uh that's just really cool for me personally but since you like grew up on like 
sprint cars and dirt and everything. Like, where do you see your career in 10 years? Do you want to like pursue NASCAR or like, would you want to go like World of Outlaws or anything like that? So, you know, I always said that I wanted to be the next Jeff Gordon. Jeff Gordon was my idol growing up. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you could see this wall over here, there is so much Jeff Gordon stuff. Like there's hundreds (laughs) of die cast cars. There's poster boards. There are hoods. There's tires. I mean, I'm not kidding you. The basement is full of Jeff Gordon stuff. (laughs) And that's my dad and I's, um, mainly his. But, you know, when to ask a question like that, you know, I would love to be somebody like Kyle Larson uh, and still be able to go run World Outlaws and NASCAR as well. I mean, and be able to run Chili Bowl, go run Turkey Night in California, go run Outlaws at Port Royal, Knoxville, wherever but i do want to have a cup career one day Mm -hmm. i do but you know Mm -hmm. i would never ever turn down a and ollie's bargain all-star circuit a champion ride i would never turn down a world outlaw ride i I would never turn that down i'd never turn down a usac ride i would never turn down a power i midget ride i would never turn that down that's just more seat time and more to my resume to keep yeah. building me right. and my career that's so awesome did i i always consider if i was a race car driver like what my like what i would have to do or win to where i know i've made it whether that's like i wonder what that is for you like is it something like the daytona 500 something like the chili bowl something like uh what other big races are there i don't know there's a lot of big there's a lot of big ones in america like what there's really big there's like three big races in my mind that like have always been on my bucket list since i got into it and known about the actual big races that people talk mm-hmm. about that are the big races daytona is one okay knoxville nationals is one. Oh yeah chili obviously yeah and chili bowl is one those are oh. like three big races mm-hmm. that stick in my head that i want to win wow that is so some cool. point in my career but, you know, it's like every other driver. Every other driver wants to go yeah. on to Daytona. Well, mm-hmm. I didn't yeah. win Daytona, but I ran on it. Yeah. So I'd one like, step closer. Like one step <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. I, I'm, That's one a of my lot favorite closer things, than a lot of people could say. Yeah. Like, my favorite things about motorsport is, like, the big races in which, like, some people put their home track above Daytona. Like, Brad Keselowski says winning at his home track is bigger than Daytona, and I think I, I completely forgot. And I was um, my next question, actually, like, what's your expectation for? Because I believe you're running the truck races at Knoxville and Bristol. Bristol Dirt, is that correct? The Bristol Dirt race is March 27th, and the July truck race in Knoxville is uh, July 9th. And so, as of right now, we're on track to run those two races. Um, the contract and everything has got to be signed yet and completed. Uh-huh. So, that'll actually make it, you know, completely official. Right. But I have been uh, in talking with a team. The sponsorship funds are there. Ooh. So I'm hoping that this week we can close the contract and hopefully awesome. get everything done. And if not, there are some backup options. So, cool. you know, I'm very hopeful in both of those races. And if not Bristol, Knoxville for sure. But yeah, Knoxville. Cause I, I just wanted to very ask positive. you and very optimistic about it, uh, you know, is some really big things really for 2021 try and wrap up in this week and next week. Because if I get the words that I'm okay to run Daytona, it's it's crunch time. We've got three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because, like, if you do happen to get those truck starts, I guess what is your expectation or goal 
for just hopping in that truck and racing? Yeah. So, you know, I've, I've thought about that too. And, um, I'll, I go back and forth on how I feel my performance should be one, you know, coming from, you know, I took my first green flag at Daytona, which that's, that's one thing I will never forget. So this year, 2021 marked my 20th year anniversary of racing. Wow. And what a better way to start off your 20th year anniversary than taking a green flag at Daytona. I mean, like my first green flag lap was a practice lap at Daytona Speedway. Like cool. Like that's something I'll never forget. So, exactly. uh, I feel that having the coming up 20 years of dirt experience, you know, I'm, I'm kind of holding myself to some high expectations on running on the dirt when those guys are normally used to asphalt, but you also have guys like, uh, I mean, Chris Windham, I would not be shocked to see in a truck yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. I, I would not be too. shocked to see him in a truck at, at Knoxville and Bristol at all. I wouldn't be shocked to see a lot of your big sprint car names in them um, either. And then, you know, you've got your guys that have come from dirt racing as well into the truck series or Xfinity or Cup now. I mean, look how full Chili Bowl was of Cup at Xfinity yeah. and truck driver. Exactly. It was full of them. And I'm drawing a blank right now. And I don't know why I cannot think of his name, but he runs big block modifieds blue number 52 truck series. Uh, Stuart Friesen. Friesen. There you go. That <laughs> yeah, is surprised. Be, I knew that <laughs> you know, David gravel. Those will be two big mm-hmm. competitors on the dirt stuff. Look at David gravel and his successful career in world of outlaws and look mm-hmm. at Stuart's successful career in trucks. And then big block modifieds as well so i want to say personally i'm holding myself to a higher standard than i probably should be i feel like i should be up there you know competing but i'm also not going to hold myself to too high of a standard considering it'll be my first truck start when it happened you know so there's a happy medium to where i need to be to where i don't have too much expectation for myself but i also don't have too little expectation for myself Right. Wow. Well, whenever you do hop in that truck, um, it sounds like it will be at Knoxville and Bristol this year. Um, fingers crossed, of course. I'm um, open. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll we'll definitely be keeping an eye. And um, but yeah, I loved hearing you talk about Daytona because it's personally my favorite so racetrack cool. in the world. It has the Rolex. It has the Daytona 500. It's just Supercross runs there. It's super, everything. Uh, yeah, it's... Supercross, the road course, the. Yeah. The small track that's inside. I mean, it's yeah. it's crazy. They used to yeah. run the sh- yeah the short track on the back stretch as well when they did that one. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's called the World Center of Racing for a reason, and uh, it's it so is. cool. And just it was, hearing it was so cool. And I think like the the most I would say nerve wracking part of all of it was uh, my second to last time in going out. Um, I ran this second to last time, came in pissed off, had new right sides put on, and went out. But that second to last time, um, Andy Hillenberg came over and he was like, we're going to run two qualifying laps here. And he said, I don't know if you know how to qualify, but here's how it goes. Run one up against the wall and run one on the bottom, which I mean, I know that from watching. And uh, he goes, being up as close as you can to that wall is going to be your best friend and restrictor. Oh, I'm like, oh, man. all right, let's give it a whirl. And so my first time, I was probably 
I was probably a lane, a lane and a half off the, not a lane and a half. I was probably a half a lane to a lane down off of the wall. Cause it was like, all right, if this car squirms one little bit, I'm taking the whole right side off. And so I completed the first one. He goes, we need to do another one. After you come out of that trioval, get to the top and get against the wall. The car will hold you. And I'm like, all right, all right. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I was so close to that wall. I'm like, when I got out and back in the garage, I went over and checked to make sure I didn't scrape it. Wow. And he goes, now that is what I talk about getting on the wall. He said, it was almost too close for comfort, but you got up on the wall like you should have. <laughs> nice. So, I mean, it was and it, another thing that I thought was pretty cool was that I was able to read how the car was reacting at first and uh, me to be able to talk to the crew, talk to Andy, talk to, you know, my car chief and everything about how the car was handling and what we needed to do with not having the normalcy of knowing what is normal sight, sound, feeling, handling, you know, I don't know mm-hmm. that. So that was another thing I felt like that's where some expectations should have been like, okay, well, this kid has a, a good sense of understanding what a rate, you know, actual racing abilities climbing into a car that he's never been in before. So wow. right. That is so cool. Um, but that's about all we got for you. Um, thank you so much for everything. Like oh, just yeah. being yeah. on here. That's it's <laughs> so cool. Um, and especially hearing you talk about diversity. Um, it's, re- it's really important to us. And we're definitely looking forward to what your career has um, for you or what you know I'm trying to say. <laughs> How your career is <laughs> going to go forward. Um, it's an open yeah. invite if you ever want to come back on. Oh, yeah, definitely. Purpose. Maybe. Maybe after you won the Daytona 500 or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the Knoxville Nationals. Um. Yeah. No, for sure. Whenever you guys want to reach out, I, w- I would love to. This is fun, you know, having everybody reach out and hearing everybody's just, uh, different questions and different aspects on the weekend and, you know, their leverage to me and what they want to know about me and what they want out of me. You know, it's, it's cool to see everybody's difference and how they uh, – you know, want to go about me and my story. Yeah. Well, I'm going to put your social media in our description, um, including your TikTok. Um, it's really funny, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> um, the, more drivers yes, need to go is. on TikTok. It's so, it's so funny. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, hope you have a good season. And um, yeah, thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you, yeah. guys. Thanks All for right. having me. Take care. Thank you, Devin. Yeah. Wow. Um, hello again. Wow. wow we're back <laughs> uh, that was i'm so that was amazing i'm happy <laughs> <laughs> that was such a good interview with devin um i again I, I i said it before already when he nerded out about well i nerded out about daytona but when he talked about daytona that was just so cool because i that was our first race car driver on the podcast mm-hmm. like and i always you know i like hearing about the depth of motorsport um, and just kind of yeah. what it's like to be in that driver's seat, especially at a place like Daytona. Um, wow. It's just so cool. Um, and also when he like, he talked about, I guess the importance of diversity and I wasn't yeah. actually expecting him to like say anything about that. Like I, I, I'm just, I don't know. I it was just so good. <laughs> I really liked his answer when I yeah. asked about like, do you like how do you expect 
So like the handle being like mm -hmm. known as the gay driver. He's like, well, I want to be known for my talents and skills, but he also knows he has to bear the responsibility of being that. I really liked how he answered it. It was, yeah. it, it was a really good answer. It was such... I think it, he's, he is already a really good ambassador for LGBT yeah. people in motorsports. Yeah, so. he like, he gets it. Um, yeah. Plus also he's just, he is marketable. Like not even just being gay, like he's, he's got personality. Um, yeah, look at his TikTok. Look, <laughs> look at his TikTok. <laughs> but TikTok's funny. It, it is, it really is. Um, I, oh God, like there's someone, cause I, I don't know how to say this, but I feel like, especially, I don't know if he applies to it directly, but like, there's a certain type of people kind of like us where we have a certain sense of humor. Mm -hmm. And it's like, especially with like with more, the more younger generation, like younger, mm -hmm. young people like us. And I notice it a lot in gay people where like their sense of humor is like, I don't know how to call what to call it, but it's like, it's almost like crazy burst, like, Oh. yeah i don't know what to call it like i have to watch his tiktoks again i just but i but it's like i haven't seen yeah, it out of I, know, the... I know i know what you're saying uh, yeah like we we know i don't know if it's just a gay thing like i i feel yeah. like a lot of especially i think it's more just like i guess gen z maybe more like liberal people are like that yeah. in general yeah like, or left most of us people most people that identify that way are gay anyway, LGBT anyway. So. Yeah, like <laughs> it's probably a, it's probably that. I don't know, but either way, like I haven't seen. Maybe I just don't know a lot of drivers. Duh, but, mm -hmm. but he. It's like like Ryan Vargas. He has a sense of humor, but it's different than Devin Rouse. Yeah, you know, like because mm -hmm. Ryan Vargas how also has a TikTok, but yet his sense of humor is different. Um. And it's not like mine. Like my sense of humor, as you all know, is batshit crazy. <laughs> the things I tweet sometimes, mm, <laughs> I probably shouldn't. <laughs> That's my sense of humor. I probably shouldn't tweet this, but I think people will find it funny. So I'm going to tweet it anyway. Um, mm -hmm. It's great. Um, but no, it, it felt really cool to just talk to someone who's like us mm -hmm. and like represents us who's doing our favorite thing we like to watch, which is racing. Yeah, and just imagine that, like for people that are just watching and they find out this driver's gay and they might mm -hmm. be like me. I, I forgot to mention him when I was 15 in the closet or I just came out or no, I just found out I was, I realized I was gay, but I mm -hmm. was still in the closet. That's what I'm trying to say. And I was like designing rainbow paint schemes on NASCAR 15 or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, that experience for me, if I saw any kind of LGBT signatures in NASCAR, oh, it would have changed my life. It would have changed yeah. me. God. Um, that's why it's so important. And yeah, I got to thinking, and this kind of goes to his answer about, um, you know, him being the gay driver. I watched a movie last night. It was called Happiest Season. I was just watching it with my mom and it, I didn't know it had lesbians in it. Like it was about this lesbian couple um, and the main character brought her girlfriend home for the holidays, but her parents didn't know that she was out. Um, and the movie was like, it wasn't, it was about that. It just got me thinking about how in this world, whether you want to, if you want your sexuality to be your identity or not, 
it can affect you always, no matter what, yeah. whether you really identify with it or not. Because if you are in that kind of relationship, people still can react negatively to it. And yeah. when he said he was worried about messing up his racing career and I bet. his Australian racing thing that he did every winter, it's still, I mean, that's why we don't see drivers come out. If there are any LGBT well, ones. And then NASCAR, you have sponsors. Yeah. You have the manufacturers. You have the team owners. You have any of your pit crew members. Like they, you know, you have fellow drivers who might just like wreck you. Like I, who knows? There's so many, there's so many factors. I mean, hell fucking, I don't, I mean, I don't know if Michael McDowell is really a good example. I just know he doesn't, I, like he's not racist. I don't think, I, I don't know. I don't really know him. But like his feud with Bubba Wallace did not make sense to me. To me, it was just weird. Mm -hmm. um, but like stuff like that, like oh why, why is this gay driver keep getting like why did this dude wreck this gay driver? Like he did nothing. Like well, you never know. I think I think the example you're trying to say is like Bubba Wallace and Danica Patrick have both gotten treated very differently on the racetrack. That's true. And unfortunately, I would imagine if Devin gets further up, he'll get treated differently as well. And he and it seems like he Haley Deegan. That got the Haley same Deegan thing too. and um it was some race in 2019 someone spotter was like don't let that girl pass you yeah it's little stuff like that even if if it's in your mind like oh i'm not gonna let this woman pass me i'm gonna race her really hard like mm -hmm. that's not necessary you know like yeah it's really in that case you should just treat her like any other race car driver like and that won't happen until it gets more normalized because yeah. there might be there might be some homophobes in on the grid there probably mm -hmm. are honestly like there probably are they're everywhere like <laughs> like mm -hmm. it's just i mean growing up especially they're older than us society showed us that gay people were weird and wrong that's just the fact of it mm -hmm. um so i just wonder about that um because I get but, it happened know, he, to Haley Deegan. But he doesn't seem to be bothered by that, which is really good. Yeah. yeah. Like, obviously, it's something he's aware of, but I think he knows that he just he has the talent and skill. And I think that's the right mindset to be going yeah. into this. And that is what's important at the end of the day. Like, besides right. the importance for diversity, these are still race car drivers. And, you know, um, but then that brings me back to Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton is one of the Lewis best Hamilton too. of all time. And, He's using his platform of being the best to promote Black Lives Matter and yeah. other like he promotes a lot of good stuff. Like he has a shirt that said like trans lives matter, um mm -hmm. other stuff, like like, but then people will discredit him, be like, oh, it's just the car when they won't say the same thing about Schumacher. It's just it's stuff y'all yeah. already know. We've talked about it before. Like yeah. sport, I mean, people this world doesn't treat black people, women, queer people uh you know all yeah. the types of diversities they don't treat them the same but yeah um what other i so when i asked him what his like biggest like the biggest race he wanted to win i forgot about the next fall nationals i and i was thinking about the other day because we watched the chili bowl over the weekend and i was like so the biggest dirt races are the chili bowl um knoxville nationals I was thinking like the Crowns Royal or something at Eldora, but I didn't, I couldn't think of what it was called in the yeah. moment. But, but then like, because he's from Iowa, 
in Knoxville, Knoxville. like that makes perfect sense. Like, of course, Knoxville is his, like yeah. one of his biggest races he wants to win. That's so cool. I mean, because mm-hmm. that's my favorite. Like, I'm a fan of the big races, like Monaco, Indy, Le Mans. I just, I just think they're so cool because mm-hmm. I think because it appeals to the rest of the world. Like, when people go to the Monaco F1 race, it's like, like this is the big stage. Or when random American celebrities end up at Daytona, like, oh yeah, this is like every race car driver. They raced and trained and practiced for this moment to try and win this race. I just think it's so cool. Yeah. Um, I like his list of races that he said. Daytona, yeah, Knoxville, Chili Bowl. I think that's really cool. Um, yeah. I don't know what mine would be. I guess like, I don't know, Daytona, Richmond, Indy, like the 500. Um, yeah. Give me all of them. Fuck it. <laughs> Any race yeah. at Daytona for me. Again, Daytona is my favorite track of all time period it yeah the rolex 24 i thought was so cool when i was younger and now that i understand endurance racing i still think it's cool i've been running laps on project cars 2 at daytona all week um it's such i just love it obviously the daytona 500 but even more than the daytona 500 i love I used to love the July race. That used to be my favorite race all year long, the 4th of July race at Daytona. Um, rest yeah. in peace. <laughs> but, yeah. But, yeah, we'll, uh, we wish Devin the best of luck this mm-hmm. season. And uh, can yeah. we hear more, see more from him? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to is... be paying attention. I'm excited because I Me think too. he's doing the ARCA schedule. I believe so. think. Or something. I don't know. As mentioned but... in the interview, though, he's hoping – it seems likely, but hoping to get Knoxville and Bristol dirt race on his truck yeah. schedule for this year. God, I'm so excited for that. And he'll like, oh, can't wait for Vince Walsh to say, and here comes Devin Rouse. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh. No, that's uh, awesome. I think that's a good spot to end it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, yeah. But yeah, I hope you all are doing well. Um, so I remember our last episode. Um, by the way, we met in person last episode. If y'all didn't know, go watch that. We that did. was cool. We answered questions from Twitter. Um, we said that our next episode would be the predictions. Um, that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> <laughs> We're probably going to do those like the week before NASCAR starts. Um, because we'll probably yeah. have a fuller picture of the IndyCar and F1 silly seasons as well. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, think that's all i have to say um over the weekend we watched supercross and the chili bowl um which was like the first racing of the year for us um that was really fun mm-hmm. um who won the the supercross for justin barsha yeah but it, that was like his third straight opener he's won the season opener three years in a row now that's so cool and oh god lee diffie was so good in the booth he like <laughs> every time they crossed the line they made he made it like such a big deal and it was i mean it's a race win and god can't wait for the rolex racing 24. racing is back it's back 2021 the rolex 24 is in two weeks two I'm weeks so excited we'll probably do an episode just on that because you are pumped up for that's my current right like hobby right now the the emza like endurance racing it's just so cool to me the cars the everything i because last year i just couldn't get into it but now i'm just into it for some reason um yeah but 
Wow. But I think that's all we got to say. Um, yeah. Yeah. So hope y'all all right. again are doing well, staying safe, especially if you're in a city this week with them. Um, events yeah <laughs> stay safe current events stay inside just stay inside anyway <laughs> like, yeah, you, y'all been told to stay inside the past year Why unless you're you working like or unless you yeah. go on a walk with your dog like come on bro <laughs> <laughs> i'm going to the damn do- them don't be like an f1 driver go to dubai for no damn reason <laughs> and then catch covid just for funsies <laughs> <laughs> all right but i hope y'all are doing well um yeah i'm zach I'm Alex. I was hoping you would say that. (laughs) (laughs) I had a feeling you just weren't going to say anything. (laughs) Oh, no. Um, But yeah, this is the Gay Racing Podcast, and we'll see you all next week. Goodbye. Bye.